Welcome to Thrive with Confidence. This podcast provides insight into the Aquios Alliance, a buying group that connects private practices with trusted vendors and expert support. We will feature discussion with our vendor partners and optometrist members while we explore topics that will empower your independence. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Thrive with Confidence Industry Insights. I'm Scott. Today, I'm joined by Kendall, Rick, and Ellie. Hello. Hello. Hello there, Mr. Scott. How are you doing today? I am super fantastic. Thank you for asking. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about something that is I know on the forefront of everybody's minds: dry eye. Can I just say that my name is Ellie and I have dry eye? Oh, Ellie, you and so many other people this time of year are going to have it. You know, you look outside, the weather's warming up, the trees are in bloom, flowers are growing. The next thing we're going to start to see is all the pollen count going up and the allergies kicking in. More and more people are going to be suffering from exactly what you suffer from, and that's rocks, stones, and gravel in your eyes when you wake up in the morning. Is there anything better than that, Ellie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's it's definitely not the best thing to wake up to. I can imagine. So how should offices be screening and educating some of their patients or all of their patients for, for dry eye? I mean, they need to have a questionnaire implemented, absolutely. I would, I would say a questionnaire and start to talk more and more with every patient, whether they answer a questionnaire with showing that they have the signs or symptoms of it, because th- this is a new technology. And there's a lot of new technology in the optometric field now to this. So it's really, um, you know, especially when you start talking about IPLs and RFs and that type of those types of treatments for for this, that we really need to do a great job of educating these patients that optometrists are more than just doctors that are fitting contact lenses and selling eyeglasses. There's so much more to this profession that's unknown that goes into the medical field, including diabetic co-management, myopia management, watching for macular degeneration, glaucoma uh, treatment, and so on. Dry is just another new technology or new option for optometry practices to really help educate patients and treat patients to make their overall quality of life better than ever before. So you're, you're exactly right though, Kendall, it starts with a questionnaire. It starts with teaching, asking people the right questions so that it opens conversation and you're not having to download to them, right? Isn't it always better to up, you get people to ask questions and open up? and be able to learn from what they want to know versus download them to them? I think we got to give them a place to start. And those questionnaires are great because I think it gets everybody thinking about what what is dry eye? What are some of the symptoms that, that are not within the title of dry eye that they might not be thinking about, that they might be equating to something else that's going on in their in their life. They might not know that this is what they're truly suffering from and that there truly is a treatment for uh, for that. Well, and not only teaching your patients what this is, but you should also make sure your staff knows, um, teaching your team. So as they're talking with patients, if a patient is mentioning, um, you know, a, a symptom, having your team identify those different signs. And as they're talking to patients, they can now start to say, Mrs. Jones, she mentioned this during our conversation. And, you know, I think that she could be a candidate. And I think that's something you should look for during like 
when, when you're talking with her. So you bring up a really good point, Kendall, is, is how, how do we start to, to educate? Who starts to educate about, about dry eye? For us to increase the acceptance rate of, of treatments for dry eye, how do we start these conversations and who in the practice should be the ones having these conversations? Every single one of them. Every single one of your team members, right? Yeah. I mean, you can start it at front desk. I mean, A, that questionnaire, if you don't have it, they should at least be starting it. But you know, when your techs are working with the patient, going through, when they started the exam, asking them how they're feeling, how their eye health is, they should they can notice symptoms. It doesn't have to be just the doctor talking about it. Well, I agree. It's every, it's everybody in the office. And I'll, even, I'll even throw out the idea that it would be good to ask the patient when you're making their appointment or confirming their appointment, you know, ask a few symptoms. You know, we ask people, you know, do you have any medical medical uh, diagnosis that we should know about? Oh, then we should we should also, you know, get your medical insurance information right away when we make the appointment. By any chance, do you ha- do you wake up in the morning with dry eye symptoms? Do you wake up? Do your eyes get tired at the end of the day? Do you find yourself rubbing your eyes because they're dry? Oh, you do. Make sure you mention that, and I'll make a note of that in your file. So when you're in here, the doctor will talk to you about some various things to help to help that be better for you. You know, just like with multiple pairs, we tell doctors all the time, make sure your receptionist is asking patients to bring in their everyday pair of glasses, their sunglasses, their computer glasses, their shooting glasses, their horseback riding glasses, their knitting glasses, their music glasses, their running glasses. And I think that covers most of them. Anymore? <laughs> pretty good there. And there's nothing written down. I just want to say that. <laughs> that was from the cuff. Like, and come on, uh, family feud. You know, so, so, hey, do you wake up and do you have this? Because not, now you get the patient thinking they might do some research ahead of time because one of the hiccups that I think offices are running into, especially with these dry eye treatments, is the cost factor with the patients. But back to the education piece of it, again, questionnaires, everybody talking about it. But I also think photos are important. And I'll even say, even showing photos to patients of here's here's a an eye with a good you know tear flow. Here's what your eye looks like with, with this technology that we have in our office. But also, you know, a lot of offices now have in their exam rooms electronic uh, acuity charts that you can actually put videos on. You can put slideshows. And while, so while that patient is waiting in the exam room for the doctor, you could have a brief slideshow playing on that that could educate them and teach them about what symptoms there are. So when the doctor walks in that exam room, now it's, hey, doctor, I saw this on there. I think I might have that. And what do we always say? Once somebody admits it, that's the first step, right? So now they're they're coming forth and saying, "Hey, I have this. Is what I need. I I might need this." Oh, let me take a look. And now the doctor, you know, goes through the exam and educates the patient, you know, to what their symptoms are, with and comes up with a treatment plan. One of the things I love that you said, Rick, you were very specific when you were talking about symptoms. We put a time to it. We made the patient think about how do these symptoms work into their every day. It wasn't just a matter of do you have this, this, and this. You, you ask about specific times when we see some of these flare-ups happen. So now I'm thinking as a patient. I, I was talking to a, a doctor and we were discussing how they introduced dry eye and how they talked about the, the treatments for this. And one of the things that they would say was, well, do you, do you do you have this 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 and it was a part of just the exam right and it was very it just it was stuck right in the middle of that well for me as as a patient 
I would would not be. I, I would look at this as, do I have this right now? If I'm not experiencing it right now, then does it? Is it something that I'm truly experiencing? So to, to ask people and to talk more deeply about, are you having this in the morning? Are you having these symptoms, uh, you know, middle of the day? Do you find yourself itching your eye? Being very specific and bringing it to their, their actual life. And then that's going to tie into, you mentioned price, right? Which we can talk about here in just a second. How do we build value into this, this treatment? Well, if I think it's going to help me truly and relieve symptoms that I'm having, Price is less of an issue. And, and I think that's the other piece there with, with the price piece. Again, pe- people go to the optometrist thinking of a couple different things. One, I can't see. I need glasses. I need contact lenses. They don't think beyond that. And again, that's something that I'll try not to go too far. We need to do a better job of educating the general public about what an optometrist does and the value they bring to the patient day in and day out. So, but with that being said, I also think this is in this some of the most successful practices that I have that have brought in whether it's an Ilux that they're charging $600 for, a MyBeflow that you're charging $350 to $500 for, uh, an IPL anywhere from $1,000 up to $1,600, $1,800. I have a client charging for all four sessions. You know, some of these that's a big ticket item, and we have to remember it's a cash pay transaction. And doctors, you are all busy seeing patients and you've got a, you, 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 hopefully you have a full book. And when you have that patient who is the right candidate for an IPL or for an ILUX, again, when you're talking a multi hundred dollars or sometimes over a thousand dollars treatment that's going to be cash out of pocket, you can't expect to recommend that in less than five minutes to the patient and expect them to say yes. The best practices, the offices doing the best with IPLs, RFs, and so on, are the ones that have found a point person in their office that is by far the most passionate about this, and they became a concierge. They become the handoff person from the doctor in the exam room of saying, hey, Ellie, I need you to talk with Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones, she works on a computer many hours a day. She's suffering from dry eye. As we all know, you're not blinking half as often as you're supposed to when you're in front of electronic devices. She admittedly doesn't take enough breaks from it because she, you know, she's worried about missing out on things. So, you know, she wants to stay in front of her computer. So she's with her team making good jokes on teams and sharing funny things about different things going on in the world. So she's in front of it many hours a day. So can you talk to her? I've talked to her about different treatments. I've mentioned the IPL. I really think she's a great candidate for that. I'm also okay with us starting with, you know, maybe for a month, let's do some lid scrubs. Let's do some uh, some fish oils. Let's do uh, a brooder mask. And, and let's see how that starts for, for now. But then what I want to do, I want to see her back here a month from now. And if we don't see any improvement in it, which... This is, I honestly, Mr. Jones, I just don't think it's going to work. Ellie, I want you to also cover how an IPL works and how that goes. But let's start with a more holistic approach first, and then we'll go to the IPL next. And now a word from our sponsor. The Pressure Mount Collection by Charmant is the finest interpretation of the latest eyewear technology. 
made of lightweight, hypoallergenic beta-titanium frame material, coupled with the highest quality materials and craftsmanship, this state-of-the-art eyewear features sleek profiles and a minimalistic design. This extensive offering allows for over 1,000 possibilities. To learn more about this collection, visit Charmont.com or AquiosAlliance.com. And now, back to the conversation. One of the things you mentioned there, Rick, is that holistic approach to kind of being a nice introduction. One of the things I have um, talked to doctors that seem somewhat hesitant to really, you know, dive into, you know, a, a dry eye specialty in their offices is, is really gauging their holistic approach already. And, you know, you are diagnosing, you are treating with um, those holistic components. So let's assess what those quantities are. And then let's find the right um, technology that will help uh, move that into the next level for the dry eye treatments of patients. And I think that has been um, something that has been a viable statistic to look at. Like how many patients do we already see that have these issues and um, are being diagnosed that we aren't satisfying with treatment plans beyond just those holistic components? Or maybe we're not even doing holistic. And that's definitely a gateway um, to getting you into that, that other technology investment. And I agree with everything you're saying there, Ellie, and you're so right. But here's where I think a lot of practices drop, drop the ball. We leave it in the patient's hands to say, if it's not better in two weeks or a month or six weeks, call us and let us know. They tolerated it for the past year, six weeks. They're not going to call you back. Here is where we have to have a follow-up plan in place. We need to make sure that we say, we are going to call you or schedule that appointment for them. Whether it's four to six weeks out, if the patient says, oh, let me try this first. Tell you what, I'm going to call you in four weeks and I'm going to talk to you. So Ellie's going to pick up the phone and call Mrs. Jones and say, Mrs. Jones, how's it going with the brooder mask, the fish oil, and the lid scrubs? Are you seeing a difference? You know, honestly... I just get busy at night and I don't do it. That is what is going to come out of 90% of the patient's miles is they don't do it because they run out of time. The night got away from them and they'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Yesterday never happened. We all know that situation. So poor Mrs. Jones, my Bohmian glands are still backed up like the Hoover Dam after a California rainfall. So we've got to get her in here for the IPL. So we're going to schedule that time to get her back in. Now, here's the other piece with this. Too many doctors, we, we listen to our patients too much. Oh my gosh, did I really just say that? We listen to our patients too much. Years ago, when that one instrument came out that starts with an L and ends with a W, AKA the Lipiflow, a lot of doctors brought it in. And what they did is they, they, they did it on patients, but they only listened to the patients that didn't say they got anything out of it. They said, I didn't feel any better and they didn't like it. They charged the patient $900 for the Lipiflow, and because that one or two patients said, I didn't like it, they quit recommending it. FYI, if you Google heart valve replacement failures, heart valve replacement failures, you will find a fair, there, there is a fail rate percentage, and where I know it sounds like a crazy thing, but you tell me, a cardiologist, because one out of 100 patients fails, their heart valve replacement surgery failed, that they didn't put it in the next patient tomorrow. 
the cardiologist does. Why? Because it saves that many more people. You're never going to satisfy 100% of the people with this. You're never going to satisfy 100% of people with any, any type of um, procedure, but you're going to satisfy a lot of people. So listen to the people that are positive about it versus the people that are unhappy, and you'll satisfy more people down the road. So whether it's an IPL for $1,400 or an Ilux for $600 or MibaFlow for $500, make sure you're listening to the majority and making decisions on that versus the minority. And I love that. I love that, Rick. Um, and but I also I love that when you talked about the example of having one of your team members be the one to talk about and answer most of those questions, you're keeping the doctor as the doctor. It, it, you, the doctor, are not becoming now a salesperson trying to fit uh, a sales pitch into your five minute recommendation. You're able to keep that and say, this is why you need it. And you let your team member be able to be the one to field the questions and help them see the value and support your recommendation. But there has to be, and, and I'm going to say there has to be two qualities that that person has, whoever, whoever it is that we pick, they have to be passionate and they have to be knowledgeable. And of course, we want the entire team to be that way if, if we're bringing a service like this in to, to the practice. But at, at bare minimum, right, the doctors and, and, our, and our point person, our dry eye specialist, if you will, in the practice, they have to be, I'll say it again, passionate and knowledgeable in order to make this successful for the practice and the patients. It's such an opportunity to make a difference in your, in your patients' lives as well. And, you know, it's great. We, we've always heard that, you know, the patients, they can see better. They, they, you know, these contact lenses are comfortable. But the nice thing about dry eye is you now have the opportunity to say to pay, the patients will say to you, this actually made me feel better feel better. You know, you are, you are making a difference in how they feel. And that's never been really done in, in our industry. And you even see, you know, advertisements on TV for go see your optometrist for this drop, this medication to help with dry eye. So you didn't have that before. So now you even have the, 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 the commercials, the marketing is there to feed you patients, have the technology in your office, have the ability to make things better for your patients and you're differentiating yourself from the commercial settings out there that don't necessarily that don't invest in this in these instruments and the, these treatments to again impact the quality and improve the quality of life for your patients i think it's a great opportunity and it's all about educating the patients utilizing things from the questionnaires to staff education on the phones videos and slideshows sitting down and having 25, 30 minute conversations, offer holistic approaches, follow up, make sure you're in control of that patient treatment plan and you will have great success with this. But if you leave it up to the patient to make the decision, you're going to, you're going to spin your wheels and you're going to be on a treadmill. And, you know, as they say, a treadmill won't, it, it burns calories, but it doesn't, it doesn't get you in shape. You know, you, you need to do everything. You need to, eat healthy and you've got to have your staff be part of that. It's the whole team has to be functioning to be able to make everything run as efficiently as possible. So it's a great conversation today, Scott. I'm glad you invited me here to be with you today. 
We're glad to have you, and I'm not sure that we could uh, have a better uh, ending to to the podcast than what you just said. Uh, that was that was awesome. I appreciate you guys as always taking the time to join us. We look forward to seeing you guys all next week. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. Goodbye.